Downsizing or moving from a home filled with possessions from the past 20, 30, or even 40 or more years can be emotionally difficult. Having a plan and a clear path can help keep the memories and make the transition just a little easier. Hello everyone, I'm Cheryl Musial and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, Jumpstart to Downsizing, we are joined by Matt Paxton. He's a downsizing and cleaning expert, speaker, author, radio personality, and host of the two-time Emmy-nominated television show, Legacy List, with Matt Paxton. Well, welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, Matt, can you please share with our listeners how your journey started on this path of helping families downsize and also finding that upside to downsizing? Okay. So I always joke and I say, well, I failed at everything else. And that's how I ended up here. And But the, the truth is, uh, when I was 24, my dad, my stepdad, both my grandfathers, they all passed away. And and really, and my grandma did about a year later. So within two years, I lost pretty much everyone above my mom, right? And I, as a kid, I was a very immature, like I cannot stress how immature 24-year-old kid Um I didn't really have a job. I had lost my job. I didn't know what I was doing. And I just started cleaning the houses. And I was like, I mean, I I think I was six months in. And my grandfather always said, if something sucks, do it as a job because other people will pay you to do it. And I remember I was in an attic one day and I was like, this sucks. Like it was like a Virginia hot summer, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. You can get a drink and a gallon of water every five seconds. But like, I was like, oh, this is what my grandpa was talking about, right? And I was like, oh, man, this is horrible. And I don't hate it, so I should probably do this as a job. And the I don't hate it is what we need to focus on. I I was really enjoying hanging out with old ladies, basically. I mean, I was 25 at that point. I had finished all the houses uh, in my family, and now I was helping some old ladies at church. And by the way, at that point in my life, an old lady was 55. <laughs> I love it, right? And, and we all know that ain't old, right? I mean, um, I was just so young and so immature, but I was drawn to these stories. I was drawn to the love stories of these people that married for, since World War II. And keep in mind, this was in the, you know, this was in the early 2000s. So my clients were people that were in the war, you know. And so this, you know, I mean, 20 years later, I don't have as many of those. But 20 years ago, every client I had was telling me these stories of, oh, you know, I fell in love with this girl when she, when we were 16 and then I had to go away to the war and we wrote, you know, we fell in love via mail for three years, you know, and I would find those letters and I'd get to go through the letters with some, and this person, you know, is now 80 and the husband just passed away, right? And they're telling me an entire general, I mean, 60 years, 70 years of incredible love stories. And it was better than TV. It was better than a movie. And then I would find the items. And I just thought like, this is the coolest thing ever, you know? And I, and so that's why I got excited. And, and then I'd get a hug, a big hug at the end of it. And then they'd hand me a check and like, that's an amazing thing. I was like, wait a minute, I can support myself. You know, first it was like, I mean, I made $200 the first month. I'll never forget it for an entire month. And I was like, this is everything. I can pay most of my bills this month doing this. And I was like, this is better than a real job. And my family, we still joke about it. I mean, my mom still says, did you get a real job yet? You know, because she really, she always wanted me to work at a bank, you know, and like, or be a lawyer or something. And, 
And I've been doing this 20, almost 25 years now. And I just love it. Like I love helping people. I, I mean, I still get the hug and the check and it's awesome. And I still get the stories. And so for me, it always comes back to the stories. I love the stories. Yeah. You know, I, you starting to think about those stories. I just can remember my own experience for downsizing from previous homes. And my stories were like, kind of like a little bit of nightmare because of the complexity of the process. And I was wondering through all of these journeys that you've been on the journey and also the stories, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you've encountered when it comes to downsizing? Gosh, I mean, I'm lucky that I've I've written two books now. I've, I've, I've helped thousands of families, you know, so, so I have learned a lot. Um, for me, you know, I think the biggest one is it's never about the stuff. Like you totally think, Oh, I'm stuck. Because it's never about the stuff. It's about a loved one or someone that was attached to that stuff. Um, you don't keep a medal because it's metal. You keep a medal because your grandfather got shot in Italy and your grandfather 40 years later taught you to drive. And he, you know, he took you to see your first baseball game. Like it's the years, it's the time, it's the uh, commitment to love and family. That's what makes you love these things. You know? And so people always, it's not what they, it's not even what they cost. Like I, I think financial, you know, value is a word that always comes up and it's a misconception. Value is not financial. Value is emotional. That is what keeps us from, you know, living our life. And I, and I want to really stress this. Anyone that's listening right now, you get, uh, we are at a point where we have to make a decision. We, we've been in a home for a long time and the stuff is holding us back. It may not literally be a wall of stuff. For some of my clients, it is literally a wall of stuff. And, but it's not the stuff. It is the people. It's the emotions. It's the stories. That's what holds us back. Um, another really big misconception uh, is that you need to buy more stuff to get rid of stuff. <laughs> Stop buying baskets. Stop buying boxes. Stop buying cleaning supplies. You don't need to spend more money to get rid of stuff. The same thing as exercise. You don't need to buy $1,000 workout equipment. You could literally just go for a walk. Okay, You can do the same thing in downsizing and decluttering. You ha I guarantee most of you have a pantry full of the old paper bags from the grocery store. Uh, you can double bag those things and you can put, you can put 50 books in those. I mean, I'm telling you those old brown paper bags from the grocery store, they can hold some weight. You don't need to go buy stuff uh, and you don't need to spend the third one. I'll say is you don't spend a year cleaning your house. It's cool. If you do, I think that's the right way to do it. Um, but you could do it, you know, you shouldn't do it all at the same time. I guess that's really what I'm trying to the, the, the big issue is so many people think, well, you know, we'll spend the next week doing this. And I'll ask people, especially in my classes, I say, hey, how many, you know, I get a show of hands. How many people have lived in their house 10 years and everybody raises their hand? How about 20 years? Everybody hand still up. 30 years, some of the hands start to drop. 40 years, some more drop. But there's, you know, there's still 10 to 15 hands raised. Most of us have spent 40 to 50 years in a house. It's going to take longer. Than a holiday weekend, you're not going to start after you know the Friday on uh, Black Friday and finish on Sunday. It's and then drive back to Florida, right? It's not realistic. You need to take your time, and so I tell everybody like the, the big tip off of that misconception is start small, like start really small, like ten minutes, like literally that's it. I want you to spend ten minutes a night for two weeks, and I want you going through so very small, achievable pile. It's it's not about what you got accomplished. It's that you did get something accomplished and you prove to yourself, oh, I can do this. Yeah, that's so important. I love the idea that you have is just just start, you know, just you have to like little bite-sized pieces to get this done. 
I, I mean, I like the um, where to start. I think it's always a, a big question I get. I really like, um, I love starting on the junk drawer. I love, I think junk mail is in a wonderful place to start. Um, for some of you, just your, your sink is a great place to start. Like for some people, I'd say just, just for a week, stay committed to um, washing all the dishes every night. Like go to bed with an empty sink. I know that sounds crazy to some of you, but to some of you, that's a big, that's a big commitment. And that's, if that's big for you, that sounds crazy. Then that's all I want you to do. And, and you're just going to prove to yourself after a week that you can. Um, bathroom is a wonderful place to start. Cause if you're going to get emotional over soap and shampoo, um, then I would like to put you on quarters. We're casting for season 17 <laughs> right now. Give me a call. Right. Like at the end of the day, it's just stuff. Right? And it's, it doesn't matter. Now, what if your grandfather was a soap maker? Right? I mean, this came up the other day with one of my clients. Literally, I couldn't believe it. I've given that example about soap. And she's like, oh, and her husband starts laughing. His parents ran a soap company for like 50 years. And so he has a basement full of soap. It smells amazing. But he can't get rid of any of the soap. And so for him, we were like, okay, we're not going to start in the bathroom. We're going to, with him, we were actually able to start in the office because they didn't really have a lot of emotional stuff. Um, well, that makes sense. I mean, I understand it's, 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 it's not really easy parting with those meaningful memories and those moments. And I was wondering, you know, thinking about our listeners, you know, the older adults and their caregivers, what are some of the ways that they could really start, you know, start this effort for downsizing? Well, I tell you, when you've got a home caregiver, I think this is one of the more important parts. I mean, you have the time. You guys are hanging out and you're looking for something to do. And I say, give it an hour, like every day, tell a story. So you're going to hear me talk about stories nonstop. Um, I love doing like a show and tell at your house with your caregiver. Because by the way, your family's heard it all. They don't need to hear the stories again. They're done. And they, they're paying someone to sit there with you. So let them pay them to hear the stories and do a, do a show and tell. Like every day, pick one item. This I promise you. And, and, and this really parlays to my next big misconception. But grab, a, grab an item and do a show and tell. It's you and the caregiver. That's it. I don't care if it's a family caregiver. I don't care if it's a professional caregiver. Like grab that item and tell that story. And the key on the story is um, really just, just share whatever you remember. You don't need to remember it all. I mean, like I always talk about my, um, I, I grew up, I grew up in Virginia, but my grandparents had a farm in Colorado and they had a little country store. And I have a couple of my items, a couple of my legacy list items are from my grandparents' store or from their farm. And I can tell you right now, I can, I, I can hear the cowboy boots on the wooden floor of this store. I can smell the manure from outside, right? I can smell the peppermint candy that was in the glass jar. I can hear the glass t- jar top coming off and on because I would, I would, I would basically go work all day, basically bailing hay. And I'd get five, I'd get five cents and I'd go to my, for my grandfather, pay me five cents. And I'd go to my grandfather's store and I'd buy peppermint sticks for five cents. And then my grandma on Friday would let me jam that peppermint stick into an orange. And I would suck the juice of the orange, the peppermint stick. Cause she was talking about during the depression. That was, that was their big gift one year. Like everybody got this is during the depression family of uh, 16 kids. They got a orange, one orange, one peppermint stick. Everybody, everybody took turn and passed it around. But the point is like, these are the things I remember about this place. And, but I can't tell you it's in Colorado. I have to look up the town. I I can't remember many of the names anymore. Um, 
I mean, like with my family, but not the, not the neighbors. But like at the end of the day, you got to start with what you remember and you got to tell these stories. And believe it or not, memories create more memories. And that's the takeaway here. Memories create more memories. And, and a lot of us over 65 think we have to be perfect because that's the way we were taught in school. We were taught that everything should be perfect. And in, in downsizing, it should not be perfect. It should be ugly and messy and, and just not not perfect. And so whatever you remember, tell the story. And just tell what you remember. And believe it or not, before you get too far down the road, you'll start remembering other things. And if you're the caregiver listening right now, you need to help document it. This is the key. Documentation is key. Um, Documentation might just be having another family member there to listen. It might be writing points down. It might be just listening, being an active listener. It might be recording on an audio device or a video device. Like It could be anything. But just one listen, be present, put your phone down. Don't be the most technical messages, like just be a part of this experience. And um, what, it re- what what this really leads to is the biggest misconception is that downsizing is is not fun, is that it's really overwhelming and it's really negative. And I'm, I'm going to argue the other side of it. I think downsizing is one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. Now, it's uh, it's a, it's more than a third of my life now. It's actually almost half of my life after next year. I've been doing this. And I have to tell you. It's the coolest thing in the world. Like you get to find out incredible things about your relatives and your and your loved ones. And you get to touch the items in the house that, that create those memories. Like it's actually the coolest thing you'll do in the next 10 years. If you do it right, if you do it wrong, it does suck. But if you do it right, you can really, really enjoy it and, and share your family memories for the, for the next five generations, way past all of us still being. I, I really really liked what you mentioned about that specific item is and all the memories that were surrounding that. And I think about, you know, for older adults, as they look through their house and they start the downsizing, maybe to move to, and this is a living facility, you can't you know take everything with you. So, you know, those items that they're trying to get to the right person because of that memory, how, what are some of your tips for doing that? Well, so gosh, we keep hitting all the misconceptions because that's leading really what happened there. A lot of people think nobody wants their stuff. So they're looking around the house right now. And in fact, that's what I wanted to title my book. Uh, the book is called Keep the Memories, Loose the Stuff. But I really wanted to go with No One Wants Your Stuff. And the publisher wouldn't let me do it. But at the end of the day, if you're looking around your room right now and you're thinking, well, I want that for Timmy and I want that for Jane and I want this for Wanda. Maybe they want it. Maybe they don't. But if you tell the stories, I guarantee you'll find out who does want it. And, um, you know, one of the big challenges, we look in our dining rooms and those of us over 65, the dining room was the most special place in the house because that's where we built our family. Right? The, after the war, people got houses, they got mortgages, they got jobs, um, GI bills, they built a house and then they built it. That's when advertising was created. All of this. I mean, if you want to like the history of consumption is really fascinating. It's all post-World War II. And what happens is um, that place became the, the most holy place. We'd go there after church on Sunday and the family would get together and we'd eat. So your family was created. Your, your, the essence of family, the reasons you care, the reasons you live, the reasons you work, the reasons you cry, the reasons you laugh, all of that happened in that room. Well, that doesn't happen now. Now that happens on the way to the beach house. It happens on the way to the ski house. It happens in other places. It's not that it doesn't happen. It just happens in a different room. And so your kids and your grandkids, they do want your stuff. They just don't want that stuff. And if you share the stories, then all of a sudden they start to say, yeah, I do want that stuff. And so I, I, I always caution people, 
don't just say, I mean, if there's something you really want your grandson to have or your adult daughter to have, then you give it to him. But give it to him now. Give it to him before you die. This whole thing of I'm going to wait. There's going to be a big read. You know, everyone's going to sit in my house and there'll be a big, you know, some stuffy lawyer is going to read the will and people are going to get excited. That's ridiculous. That's in the movies. That's not real anymore. Give it now so you can see the family enjoy it. You can tell the stories. You can share everything. Uh, and if you do that, you're going to find out that some of the things you wanted them to have, they don't necessarily care for. doesn't mean they don't love you, but they will then return and say, well, you know what, Grandma? I actually loved your fur coat. I saw a picture of you in 1943 when you were waiting for Grandpa to get off the train from Italy. And you now have, you know, I, I, that, that, that jacket's amazing. And I saw it in your room. And I want to wear it now that I'm, I want to wear it to my wedding and I'm 28, right? Like that's the amazing stuff that if we don't share the stories, we don't know what matters. And what happened there when I dissect it, you told the story about the item, your granddaughter identified with it. And then she told a story of what she wanted to do with it. And guess what? That's going to live way beyond you. And it's going to go on to her kids and her grandkids, your great grandkids. All of it's going to be passed down by an item because you shared the stories. I love that. That just kind of, that gave me goosebumps. I, I think about one of my great aunts who had a, this fur coat, the same thing. I saw a photo and I think of, I think of my aunt Dot every time I wear it. It's just, it's, it truly is about the memories. And that was one of the here, things. Here's you, a little, uh, yeah. here's a little inside tip. In yeah. Every house, I've been cleaning houses for gosh, more than two decades now. And in every house you find a picture and in the industry, we call this hot grandma. And you always find a picture of grandma looking really fine when she was like 18, 19, 20. And by the way, back then they looked 40 when they looked 20, you know, right. but like, it's always been, you, we hold it up. It's an old trick in our, and we hold the picture up and say, who is this beautiful woman? And then some old lady comes from the back. Oh, that's me. And you're like, well, damn girl, look at you. And then what that does is it starts a story. Right. And they, and it's, and we're not talking down to the person we're saying, holy cow, Look at this. And I, I can't tell you how many amazing stories I've heard get created by us doing our little hot grandma trip because they end up telling this incredible story in your life. And you're in it's not it's not sexist. It's not about her being attractive. It's about her being this incredible. I mean, what these women did when they were 18 and 19 is I mean, they ran the country like you find out what they did when the when the husbands are away at the war. And, you know, and you find like, oh, she ran a factory or, oh, she, you know, like all these incredible things. And, and these items are the jumping, the stepping stones to those stories. And I, I mean, I, you're going to hear me say the stories nonstop because that's really all that matters. And when you tell those stories, yeah. two things happen. The items leave the house, either through donation or through gifting. But you you get to, to really know your family more and you, and you get to feel great about that. But then you also start to see your house decrease in volume very quickly. And it's a much more enjoyable way to do it. Right. And I was wondering, you know, just that one of the final questions I have is, you know, families are so spread out now and how, you know, any tips that you can provide for those family members to start that conversation either when they're in, you know, whether they're in locally connected or if they're across the, you know, across the U S how, how yeah, if, they're, if they're local, um, my biggest advice is don't have that conversation. If you can see the stuff. Have that conversation away from the stuff. Do go get ice cream, go get milk, go for a walk, go for a ride, do something. But if you can see the mess, that's going to elevate tension. Right? Remind them you love them. That's why you're having this conversation. And, and don't make it about you. Don't say, well, I don't want you to leave this for me. Make it about them. Say, hey, mom, I love you. Like, what are we doing here? And so I, I like to tend the conversation actually to where you're going first. Um, 
we get focused on the stuff because that seems overwhelming. I promise you, if you read my book, you buy into my process, I, I guarantee this will be a positive experience. So you can take that off your plate. Um, you need to find out where they're going. Because if you're not going to pack for a vacation, if you don't know, if you're going to the mountains or the beach, right? So same thing. If you, you focus the conversation of where are we going next and let them participate. And this is not, a, I'm telling you where you're going. You're saying, let's, let's chat. I mean, really, if you're thinking about home caregiving right now, then it's now it's the time to start talking about stuff because you might still have two or three years before you got to go somewhere. And a lot of times that's why we brought in a caregiver, right? So we can spend more time and you might end up saying, Hey, we are going to do some age in place products in the house and we're going to stay. If we're going to have a caregiver. Great. But it, it's now the appropriate time, not right after a fall, not right after something bad has happened. It's when things are good and you're not thinking about it. That's when you have a conversation. If you're, if the family's all around, um, I would do a, I would actually do a show and tell family show and tell on zoom. I know this sounds silly, but have grandma start to tell those stories. You hit record. Grandma holds up three items. She tells the stories. You've got everybody on the video. Everyone gets involved. And then you start to, to, to find out what do people want? What do people not want? What does grandma want to give away? But you're able to document these stories and, and, and it's a natural discussion now. Okay. Hey, it's time to start downsizing. And then the family can get more involved, but you've started it off as a really fun, positive show and tell. Yeah. So the big takeaway is you have to know where you're going in order to start in that, on that journey. Yeah. And sometimes you need to hire professional help mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, I want to say really quickly, like so many family members I talk to, some have guilt, so much guilt that they uh, don't even want to hire a professional to help them and they're exhausted. And, and I'm talking about caregiving, downsizing, all of it. Okay. Um, even housing. Like at, at some point, it's okay to get help. If your personal life as the caregiver is being overwhelmed by caregiving and you don't have a life anymore, then it's probably time to, to get help. And I will tell you, the, your, your, your loved ones will be okay with it eventually. Um, if you're so overwhelmed that you, you can't provide care, then their quality of life isn't that great either. And so I'm, I will tell them that downsizing is the same as caregiving. Sometimes you need to bring in some professional help. And just like a caregiver, we'll do as much or as little as you need. We'll work with you. It could be one hour, two hours a week. It could be, uh, you know, 80 hours in a week. It's whatever the family needs and we'll help you figure it out. But just make sure you, you bring in someone you like that respects your family and that'll take time with you to really hear those stories. And if you do that, I promise you, it's a positive experience for everybody. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being here today and really highlighting some the, so many upsides to downsizing and really thinking about those memories and you just have to know where you're going. Any final thoughts, Matt, you want to share with our listeners? Just have fun with it. No matter where you are, everyone else is in the same boat, man. It's hard. And humor is the best way out. We do a lot of humor. You'll see it on my TV show, in my book. We laugh at ourselves a lot because if you don't laugh, man, this can be hard. So get the stories flowing, have an audience, have fun. And, and just remember you love each other. At the end of the day, that's what all the negative energy is from, is from love. And so start with reminding everybody why we love each other. And I promise you it'll be a better situation, whether we're talking about downsizing, caregiving, or even housing. To view resources, show notes, and access more My Care Advisors episodes, visit mycareadvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this quote from Matt Paxton. Keep the memories and lose the stuff. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.